Welcome to Be A Better Human Podcast. It is January 19th, 2021. Thank you for joining me for my weekly Bible study. This week, our topic is going to be, how do I know the voice of God? Because I have been, um, this topic has been coming up quite a few times uh, when I'm talking to different friends and when we, when we were having our Bible study this past Sunday um, at one o'clock, uh, this kind of came up again. So I think that this um, is such a big topic to dive into. So I was thinking that I would start with a place in the in scripture where Elijah um, had experience with hearing from the Lord. And it was also during a time that he was under tremendous stress and um, things that, you know, we know he was a man of God in the Bible. So we can feel confident that if this is the way the Lord spoke to him, then in a lot of ways, this is also the same way the Lord is going to communicate with us. I'm going to be sharing with you is found in 1 Kings chapter 19. And I'm going to take my time with this particular passage of scripture. Um, we're going to be focused in on verse 11, but I'm going to read the whole passage because it's really important that you understand what was going on um, and and also um, the extreme pressure that Elijah was under during this time uh, and before he actually heard the voice of the Lord. And I think a lot of times in our lives, it takes us to really come to a, a desperate place um, not all the time, but it takes us to really get to a different place where, hey, we just want answers. Lord, we need you to speak right now. You know, I need to know if you're with me. You know, I think that's a lot of times how we feel uh, when we really, really just we don't we, we don't really want to wait on the answer this time. We really need just like immediate response. And it's interesting to see that in this passage of scripture, the Lord did respond to Elijah in his time of um of deep suffering and also he just he needed he wanted some answers he wanted some clarity on some things so before we read uh first kings chapter 19 i just want you to be aware that elijah had just had a huge triumph um and he had just had a showdown with the evil king ahab and all his evil prophets of baal and they at the end of the showdown where they were asking their God to do certain things and their God didn't do it. And then Elijah was asking God, the real God of heaven to do things. And it kept on being accomplished in front of the people. So at the end of all the, you know, basically the nonsense, the people were persuaded that Elijah's God was the real God. Uh, Cause the, the people are watching all this and they're seeing that um, these amazing things are happening when Elijah asks the Lord to do some, some things. So I just want you to have, when you have time to read uh, chapter 18, it's not very long, but a lot of things happen leading up to this passage. So now that all that has happened, uh, the information travels back to Jezebel. And anybody that knows the story of Ahab and Jezebel, she was the mastermind behind the kingdom. Ahab was just mainly pretty much like her stooge and he just went along with the things that she was doing. And so um, when we pick up in first in this first verse of 19, she's just now finding out about what all has transpired um, in the kingdom, basically. 
and then uh we find out later in this in this uh, passage that Elijah you know out of his desperation he wants the Lord to answer him and he wants you know he wants direction and so um he actually he actually writes how the Lord answered answered him I think it's very very key to pay attention to this um uh, because when we need answers from the Lord uh we probably should pay you know get quiet and see how the Lord shows up for us and how the Lord will bring us that divine discernment or that divine revelation, just like he did with Elijah in this in this scripture. So I'm going to go ahead and read. If you have your Bibles, please read along with me. <clears throat> so it's 1 Kings 19, verse 1, and I'm going to read the whole entire chapter, and then we're going to come back and discuss it. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. So she's basically threatening Elijah. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life, and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did not, and he did eat and drink, and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. And he arose and did eat and drink, and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came came to him, and he said unto him, What dost thou hear? Elijah. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Verse 11, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind went rent the mountains, and break up in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in that earthquake. Verse 12, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, and after the fire, a still small voice. Verse 13, and it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, and went out and stood in the entering in the cave, of the cave, I'm sorry. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what dost thou hear, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Verse 15, And the Lord said unto him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria. And Jehu the son of Nimshi shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of 
Avalona, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left my me seven thousand in Israel, all the needs which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. Verse 19, so he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the twelfth, and Elisha passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? Verse 21, And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them, and boiled their flesh with the instruments of oxen and gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So that was our scripture reading for today. So the first the first thing that we can see going on in this passage is that Elijah is extremely worn down. He's 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 tired. He just feels like I don't really want to keep fighting this fight. Just it's enough. Just take my life because no one's trying to do right. They've killed all the they're all the prophets. They've you know, they've done there's nobody that's fighting this this fight with me. I'm all by myself. That's pretty much his his uh perception of things. And, you know, we kind of, I admit, we can get that way too. Um, Even though the Lord has been so good to us and he's been so faithful and bringing us through miracles in our lives. I know all of us can testify to different times the Lord did absolute miracles in our lives. But then something that we'll have like a setback and we'll just feel that we're all alone fighting this fight. And we'll just be like, you know, it's just, it's just too much. And so that's. It's interesting that Elijah, as, as anointed as he was, and as all the ways that the Lord used him, that he still had low moments too. So it's okay. It's okay. So, so even though Elijah is feeling all these things, we find out later on in this same passage that the Lord is reassuring him that that's not really the case, that he isn't the only one. And so he says... um, At verse 12, after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a still small voice. So that's when he understood, oh, this is this is the Lord right here. This calmness, this peacefulness, not this, not, not this bolsterousness and this scariness and this. Because when an earthquake happens, you know, everybody is shaken up. And then he said there was a wind that came and the wind kind of was just kind of blowing everything around and there was strength and there was power in both of those and both a strong wind and in the earthquake. But he's saying that when he really heard the vo- heard the Lord, it was in the peacefulness and the quietness of a small, still small voice. And so this is what the, what the Lord said to him as he spoke to him. He gave him distinctive instructions Verse 13, and it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What dost thou hear, Elisha? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. 
and they seek my life to take it away. See how he's saying he's all alone, that there's nobody there to fight this fight with him. And he's only focusing on all the things that are going going wrong. Then verse 13, and Lord said unto him, go return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. So those are distinct instructions that the Lord has given him to do. And so the Lord listened to what he said, but he, he kind of just took the took the conversation a whole nother way, saying, Okay, get focused. This is what I need you this is what I want you to do. And then Jehu the son of Nim Nimshi shall not shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of um Abelon, I'm sorry, I don't know that name, but shalt thou anoint to be a prophet in your in thy room. And then he's basically telling him the future what's gonna happen. And then he he reassures Elisha that there's so many people that are also fighting the good fight. Because in verse 18, he says, Yet have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him. So that's basically people that are loyal to the Lord. There's all these people that are also standing just as strong against the the evilness. And they, they're also loyal to God. And so after... He assured Elisha, you know, that right now you your perspective has been lost. This is not <laughs> your perspective is not really what's happening. But he didn't say it in a condemning way. He just reassured Elisha that there's work that needs to be done. And there are people that are still the people of God, even though he can't physically see these people, they still exist. And so I just think it's very interesting that that's the way the Lord took the conversation. Uh, instead of him just saying, didn't you, didn't you see, I was just with you when you, when, you know, we, we just, and we just did all these exploits together and I just used my power to show up for you and do all these things just literally yesterday. And now you're doubting everything and you're acting like this. No, he doesn't. The Lord does not, con, uh, con, he, it was called, there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So when the Lord speaks to us, he's so full of life and he's so full of hope. But a lot of times when he speaks to his, he does, he does give us distinctive instructions. He does give us things that we're supposed to be doing. And a lot of times, you know, he's so, he's just so kind and so gentle with us. And, um, even when he has to correct us, he's still gentle with that, with the correction. And he just helps us to see that what we're doing or where we're, you know, how we're looking at something is just not the right perspective. And so, that's one way that the Lord definitely can speak to us is in that small, small, soft voice. And then I also told my friends, um, there's plenty of examples in scripture where he also speaks to people throughout the circumstances. Uh, when doors are opening or doors seem to be closing, just don't always think that it's a negative reason. Because the Lord could be, he's probably protecting you from something. Or he's setting you up for where he really wants you to be. And he doesn't want you to be distracted with somewhere that he doesn't want you to be. And so we will continue to, on to talk about this um, in Bible study this coming Sunday at 1 o'clock. If you want to join in, uh, I would love to have you join in. However, just study this passage and study um, the other places in Scripture. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Abraham. uh he he spoke to a lot of different people throughout the scripture. He spoke to Jacob and it really was similar to how he spoke to Elijah in this way, where it was just kind of like a, a conversation that he was having. 
And um, sometimes we do want, we want a little bit of drama with, <laughs> when the Lord speaks to us. We want, you know, to see a light or we want to see, we want to see some manifestation of his presence. And I'm not saying it's wrong to expect that or want that. But a lot of times it's just in the simple things. It's through nature. The Lord, if when we're still enough and we're quiet enough, he's, he's really always speaking to us. And it's just up to us to be able to recognize that it's him and be in a place where we can receive. Because when we get so caught up in the day-to-day life, and also sometimes we get caught up in things that are frustrating us in our, you know, in our day-to-day, we sometimes just lose perspective. And and when we lose perspective, it's really easy to not hear God's voice as clear, especially if we haven't been, you know, in our word, we haven't been praying, we haven't been fasting. Because um, if you look in this scripture as well, he was kind of uh, physically depleted when he was thinking this way, when he had lost perspective. Uh, that's why there was a little cake on the fire that the Lord uh, provided for him along with some water. So he gave him some physical uh, necessities to eat and to, you know, not be fully depleted physically. And then he also spoke to him spiritually and so, and gave him direction. So we have to take care of ourselves. We have to, um, just as we get older, we got, you know, there's some things that we just have to do to take care of ourselves. Otherwise we will physically wear ourselves out and sometimes mentally we'll wear ourselves out. And we'll lose perspective just like Elisha did. Because I, I just thought that was very interesting that someone as powerful as him lost perspective. And really started believing that he was just fighting this battle all by himself. And he was to the point where he just wanted to even die. <laughs> even after the Lord had done so much um, with him and through him. So if it can happen to Elijah, believe me, it can definitely... Discouragement can happen to anybody. So we just have to get back to back to the basics when that happens and not allow ourselves to keep spiraling down into that discouragement and allowing ourselves to not be able to see God's perspective in, in our lives and what he wants for us to do. And so uh, at, on that, I would just say, I don't want to make this too long. So we will continue on this topic uh, probably next week as well, because it's just such a hot topic. And I will encourage you to um, just think of Elijah when you start feeling discouraged or you start feeling like you're the only one fighting this fight and it's just so hard and you kind of starting to feel isolated. That's time when that's the time when you can think about how the Lord has been so good and how he has brought other people around you, other saints around you to encourage you or to let you know that they're also pressing through. They're also pressing forward and they too are fighting a good fight of faith as well. And sometimes we don't always see people that are doing that uh, because we are not feeding our mind with the right things. So <laughs> it's really important too to watch, uh, watch things that are encouraging you spiritually. I guess I'll put it that way. Uh, feed your mind the right type of music, the right type of conversations, even when you're watching the news, you know, to some degree, you got to filter that, uh, what they're talking about on the news with the presidents and all this chaos stuff that they keep bringing up. You have to kind of shut some of that stuff down sometimes to shut it out a little bit so that your perspective doesn't continue being 
you're it doesn't continue being made based off of all these other things other than the word of God or directly the Lord himself because he has a whole nother word for you. It's not going to come from those places. It's going to only come from him. So I just I just encourage you today. I hope this was a blessing. And I hope that you also read this on your own. Uh, read this passage and see what you get out of it. Because I'm a strong believer that a lot of times when we're reading the Bible, there's so many profound things that come through. And sometimes you it's just when you're reading it on your own. You know? so please read this passage when you have some time and see what the Lord reveals to you. And on that note, have a, have a wonderful day. Be a better human. And I'll see y'all next week.